it is Dan Doherty, who scored plenty of penalties in the past, but not as significant as this. And a warm welcome to the official Korean FC podcast in this, what is the final week of an Irish league season like no other. Uh, I think it's fair to say it's been a long, hard year for everybody concerned as players, management, officials, media, and plenty of others as well. So, but uh, with one game outstanding, we had and at least know the destination of the Gibson Cup. And for a third year in a row and an incredible 55th time overall, the league title is winging its way across to Windsor Park and to Linfield. And any lingering doubts were, were finally removed on Tuesday evening at the Korean Showgrounds when David Healy's side held on for a 1-1 draw and a point which meant that they can't now be caught by the Bansiders. And it wasn't for the want of trying by the home side, who, who obviously laid siege, siege to Co or Chris Johns' goal in the second half, but they just couldn't find the elusive second goal, which would have sent the title race down to the final day and, and, and sent the 500 or so Korean fans uh, into rapture. So for the first time this year, supporters did get to watch a game live, thanks to the, the relaxation of the lockdown restrictions. And what a difference it made. Anybody that was there for the first time Tuesday felt like a, a proper game for a change. Uh, and with that in mind, uh, today's podcast is, is really a fans special, I suppose, and, and tribute to those without whom the game is nothing. I'm joined once again by a regular guest, Aaron O'Neill, who has played a key role this season in helping to bring coverage of Korean's games to supporters through his work with Korean FC TV. So, um, Aaron, one game remaining, and after that, you'll get a, a well-deserved rest. <laughs> Definitely, Damien. Um... Like most of the people, yourself included, David, there, um, it's been a long season for us. Uh, but at the end of the day, everybody involved loves the club and, you know, you do it for the, the love of the club and the sport and that's what gets us all through at the end of the day. You don't get paid for that, no? <laughs> I wish I was. If I was getting paid, I don't know. I, I'm sure I must be worth at least five grand a year, easy. I would say. I would say you're selling yourself cheap there, so... Uh... But I was going to ask you, Aaron, as well, I mean, a different experience on Tuesday. I already referenced the fact that fans were there for the first time since, I think it was December. But from your point of view, I mean, filming it, it must be a completely different thing as well when there's atmosphere and a crowd there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I had a few more swear words to edit out, but let's just set that aside for a minute. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I was moved from my regular spot. Um, I was actually in the middle of the stand for the game, so I found myself just, and this might seem sad, but I was standing there at times just sort of smiling to myself when the fans were shouting and singing, because at a time it seemed that it was never going to happen, so it was nice to see, even though it was 500 supporters, they made some noise, and I think, you know, even the players appreciated what they were doing last night, and you could definitely see a bit of life about Corian, and that we all know how much the supporters spur them on, so let's hope that we're back to full capacity next season. Yeah, and uh, also with us today is a man who will be a familiar face uh, and voice to the many hundreds of the fans who have watched the streams of the, the Korean games this year. And that's uh, the former Korean player and manager, David Blatt, who is a co-commentator alongside Barry Green for the, the streams the club produces. So, 
David, how are you? Did you uh, or have you got over the, the disappointment of Tuesday evening yet? I'm I'm good, thanks, Barry. Um, yeah, Barry was kind of disappointing, but uh, kind of, kind of a strange feeling to be honest, because times were a bit of disappointment, but also I think it was a free one for everyone concerned, knowing that the the ultimate aim of the season had had already been guaranteed, and that was European football. So yeah, disappointed, but overall probably quietly happy. Um, and I was going to say, I mean. You've been streaming a lot of nearly all of the home games this year. Were you were you slightly maybe disappointed that you you didn't get to, to finish the season with the last home game by streaming it for for the or the Korean FC TV? Yeah, of course it was, Barry. Uh, our uh, Damien Barry Green and I were just chatting before the game last night, and you know you kind of you you've been there in all the games where there's no fans in, and you're trying to bring them an experience. Um, you know, along with Arn and. David Cavan and all those other guys do a fantastic job behind the scenes that, that have brought a new dimension to the to the club this year with the stream. But uh, you know, you're trying to bring the game to life to them. And we've talked some rubbish at times. Um, we've had some really good games and some poor games to commentate on. But that was a game where you're looking at it and thinking, great, Linfield game at home. You know, you're kind of hoping from weeks back that Linfield uh, didn't um, get over the line before that game. And you may get a chance to commentate one last game. It would have been a the pinnacle of the season for us. Um, I'm just kind of disappointed that it didn't happen that way because it was a great game um, of football. Probably one of the, the, the best games we've seen in the showgrounds all year, actually, for, because there was so much tension on the ground. It was end to end football. There was chances at both ends. Um, and it was just, a, it, it was just a, good, a good game of football. Indeed it was. And I suppose we can't have a, a fans special. It wouldn't be complete without a fan as such. So... I'm delighted to say that joining us also this evening from the, the great city of Leeds is a long-time Korean supporter, Barry White. Uh, and he's one of those who has benefited greatly from the club's streaming of games uh, this season. But just before we speak to Barry, let's hear what a few of those lucky supporters at the showgrounds on Tuesday had to say about how much they've missed live action this season. Adrian Bavard here, better known as Bovril. Uh Great to be back at the showgrounds. Miss match days, the atmosphere, have a pint with your mates, uh, seeing the Bandsiders won. My name's Charlie and I, what I miss about the games is the crowd screaming every time there's a shot. My name's Philip and I'm glad to be back to watch the games, miss the atmosphere. It's not the same but it will hopefully get back to being normal and everybody's shouting on Coleraine, get her lip. Fellas, just great to be back in the showgrounds, just for the support for the team. Miss being here, not the same watching in the telly, just not. Um, disability ones all, looking forward to just getting back into a routine again, so as wish COVID was over. <laughs> well, Barry, hello from uh, from Korean. I, uh, I presume and I take it that you watched the game on Tuesday evening, did you? I certainly did, yeah. And in, in the, the garage here where I'm sitting now, I've um I've watched all but two of Korean games um all season and um but most of them in the garage because I've watched one inside in the house and they lost it on Gallon. So a superstition has brought me out here ever since. <laughs> Very it's, good. It's been great to follow it so closely, it's been brilliant. And I mean uh I mean how much have you enjoyed it? Because obviously you're you're exiled over in England there and prior to this season we haven't had streaming of games. And I suppose if there's one positive thing to come out of COVID, 
is the fact that clubs have adopted this and adapted it to to cater for supporters' needs. So, how much have you enjoyed the games, and, and how great an experience has it been? I can't. I mean, it, it's been totally invaluable. I mean, not. I mean, in any time would have been good, but particularly in lockdown, you know. And I mean, it's been hard for the players Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. But in the weeks we haven't had a Tuesday game or a Saturday game, it's been like you've been bereft. Um, so I just hope the goodness, you know, I don't, I don't know what the practicalities are, how possible it is, but the clubs are able to keep it going because, you know, there are, I think, I'm, I'm sure the, the club will know because of the success of the online shop and so on. There's a lot of Korean fans all over the place. Um, and, you know, we do benefit and, you know, I'm happy to pay, you know, maybe pay a season ticket or something like that, find a practical way through um, to be able to keep in touch because, you know, BBC Northern Ireland coverage has been good on the radio, obviously better on TV in the last, last 12 months, but, be able to watch every single game is just invaluable. I mean, I always generally get home three, four times a year to see Korean playing, but to, to be guaranteed to see every game, it's just, I don't know what we'll do without it. I suppose with COVID and the restrictions and lockdown, people like yourself haven't been able to get home as regularly as, as previously. And then, you know, I mean, how long have you been following the club, Barry? So, I mean, a long time? I think my first game was, was either 80 or 81 um, at the showgrounds. And I remember it because I think it was before the terracing was built, uh, and Corian beat Linfield 2 0, I remember it. And Vincent McGee was in goals for Corian. Felix Haney scored both goals, both in a big long punch down the ground. And it, it just hurt me. Um, and so ever since, you know, when I've been living at home, when I've, when I've, you know, when I've been visiting home, I always go. I mean, no, no trip's complete without it, you know. And I mean, David, and, uh, and I mean, what, what, what would your earliest memory be of Korean? I suppose being from the, the footballing family of the Platt dynasty. I mean, I suppose you have really early memories of, of the club. Yeah, I have uh, uh, slightly later than Barry. Or just just like the ad that I'm <laughs> slightly older than Barry. You know, obviously. Um, but you know, um, my first memory, believe it or not, um, and probably a lot of people's memories would be actually the Spurs game I think was my actual first game I went with a neighbour of mine um, who took me to the game we sat in the main stand and I remember the seats were black um, with a with you know like white paint every every bum uh, with the part whereas I think I sat in about a third of one that day I don't remember much about the game there was a massive crowd in um, uh, as we all know um, but that's my earliest memory of being there that day, don't remember much about the game. Probably my earliest memories is probably going back to actually remembering games is whenever my uncle was manager, whenever I'd been going a lot mm -hmm. more regularly, um, been involved, well, not involved, but been more inside, as in hearing team talks and watching the Felix Healy's and Raymond yeah. McCoy's and Riggy Wade, but that, that's, that's probably three or four years later. Mm, I think my first really memory would have been the same as yours, David. The, the Spurs game. I mean, it was it was one of those games that you'll never forget. I mean, it was no. the, the excitement around the, the North Coast was incredible. But Aaron, obviously, you're a lot younger than the rest of us guys. What, what, what's your earliest memory? Um, well, obviously, my grandfather played for Korean during the, the era of Desi Dixon and that. So he would have taken me to games when I was a young boy, D. But um, probably my earliest memory I think would I would definitely say was the 2004 cup final and the reason that is um, was because I was standing in the corner of the cup um, with my father at the side where the guys all get stabbed and um, when when the fans fell out with each other and what age I would have been what nine-ish then and to see something like that unfolding was just something that I was like wow 
Is this what Irish League football is all about? But <laughs> thankfully, the experiences got better, and there were some um, woeful results in there, some really low times to follow in Korean, but thankfully, um, things are on the up, and the next few weeks when the pitch starts going in, it's only going to um, get better and better. Yeah, I think the, the current generation of young people following Korean are actually getting a bit spoiled in the last couple of years and they probably think it's like this all the time, going to cup finals and challenging for league titles. And the reality, as we all know, is it's a bit different from that. But, um, I mean, guys, there's really really only one place to, to start this week. And I suppose that's the, the draw that I've already mentioned against the, the newly crowned league champions, Linfield. And congratulations to them on, on not only winning the league, but also completing another league and cup double. So, I mean, David, I'll come to you first as, as your footballing expertise probably out, outweighs the rest of us by quite some distance. Um, we, we sort of touched on the game, but I mean... I suppose really Korean couldn't have done much more than what they did. No, boy. Um, funny I contact we were on last week, and you know, it, it, it's, it's sort of it was a free one for everyone at Korean. The shackles were off. You already um, qualified for Europe. We could we could go. You know, you could get into the game, and you could kind of see the way Korean played last night. Um, that there was more chances. They were uh, you just couldn't get that sort of. Um, guilt age chance in the in the second half that would have that it would have um, really put the cat among the pigeons. But you know the best team, as we always talk about, wins the league. And Linfield have been the most consistent team all year. Um, they've scored the most goals. Um, I think they've 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 not conceded too many either. I think they've only conceded um, maybe slightly more than Corian, but um, still still way less than everyone else. And you know the game itself. Um, as I say, even even driving to the ground. Last night, left my son off at the university to to uh, to training and coming up the Ballycastle Road and people walking towards the ground and had to wait at the showgrounds gate to get in and it just there was a there was a good feeling about it last night even before you get uh, even to your seat last night it's just a pity that things weren't um, back to real normal where you know have thousands of people at the game last night um, I know that would have been uh, so you know, crowd uh, that would have been on you know it would have been unreal and. Potentially, then as well, you know, you know, as we all we all know, it was level at half time. You're playing the railway end. They always talk about you know getting that got 10, 15 percent when you're playing to the railway end when there's a massive crowd behind the goals, and that could have been the difference last night. If uh, you know the, the crowd did their bit for sure, there was a real buzz about it. There was. Lymphie I mean, just Lymphie were able to just you know I, I'm not saying control the game, but knew that a draw did them and they. They just did enough to get over the line, to be honest. They did indeed. And Barry, coming to you as a director of a PR company, they're no better man, I suppose, if a, a positive spin on the result. I mean, what did you make of the game, I guess? Or Davies alluded to it. I mean, Linfield did what they had to do to, to get the point they needed. It did. I mean, obviously, you fellas were at the game, you know, watching on TV. Um, it, just, it was a really good, honest performance, which is what Corrine's been all about and what Oren Kearney's all about. Um, they couldn't have given any more. I mean, obviously, with a you know, couple of chances that Curtis missed, you know, made a, made a difference. But similarly, you know, Lumpy had two or three equally good chances. It could have gone the other way. Um, you know, this whole old saying about leave it all on the pitch, not in the dressing room. I mean, you know, they certainly did. Um, even the, like, Jamie Glacken looked like he was going to have to go off. He gave the arm a shake and only won the game. Um, I, I just thought there was a lot to be proud of. And, you know, all along, I suppose, as you mentioned earlier to Aaron, I mean, you know, it's not always like this as a Korean fan. And we've had 
you know, lots of years are very difficult. And I sort of all season, particularly after the, you know, the, the, the bad start, if they could just get that European place. And I was saying it to friends the whole way through the season, you just take a European place at any point. Um, and they got it. And, you know, it would have been lovely to have won it. But I still, you know, they won it in 74. I still would like to think I'll be alive when they win it again. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a hell of, it's a hell of an achievement to come out the other end. And on a financial level, obviously, you know, the, the money that they've got last year, most of it will go on the pitch. This will go into the coppers for next year. That's the way it is. It's, on a practical terms, it's a, it's a great outcome for them. It is. I mean, Aaron, you've been following them all year. Are you a glass half full guy, glass half empty? Were you disappointed at the end or happy enough, as Barry was alluding to, securing European football for another season? Europe is the aim of the game. The every year, as you know, yes, it's nice that we're up there and challenging. And but as I said, the you and Barry's already alluded to it there. As I said to you after the game last night, you know, you, there was an air of disappointment, but you can't fault the players for the effort they put in last night. You know, there was absolutely nothing left, you know, out there. Um, they gave their all, and if your best isn't good enough, well then, Linfield run out worthy winners in the end. And one thing that um, lets me gauge where Corian are at is the level of respect that Linfield actually have for them. You know, um, you just have to look at last night, the celebrations on the pitch. Yes, there were celebrations, but they were quite sombre. Um, and I think that they know where their nearest challenge is coming from. And Corian are certainly knocking on that door as they have been. And personally, I believe that they're one, two players away from um, really giving it a rattle. Mm, I think, uh, David, I mean, I was behind the railway end for the second half, hoping that we were going to have a dramatic winner in there. But the ball just didn't fall for them. There was a number of occasions and, and shots came in and, and they seemed to be relatively straight at Chris Johns and there was nobody there just to, I suppose, seize on the rebound. And I mean, is it maybe a lack of goals, David, that you could say is, is maybe an Achilles heel or, or somewhere that uh, Corian could look to strengthen perhaps for next season? Yeah, well, Damien, you know, you just got to look at the, you know, the defensive record and, you know, Points points gained over the season are, are are really probably gathered on your defensive record. How good you are defensively. Um, they've only conceded thirty four goals, um, which is less than one a game. Um, you know, you take the back. You know, the, well, if you take the back five or or what would kind of be classed as your best back five, there's not many better in the league. When you go to a Lyndon Kane, a Gareth Dean, Stephen O'Donnell. Um, and Aaron Canning, who was like a Rolls Royce last night again. Um, you know, and then you go to Aaron Turner left back, and whoever's filled in those positions as well, they haven't let anyone down. Um, that's the mainstay of your team. That that core is going to be there for a few years. There's none of those guys, you know, coming near the end of, of of their career. But for me, the other side of that is then the goals for consider we've we've scored 55, which isn't a bad return. But it's only one and a half. You know, it's only one and a half a game, and you kind of be looking for a couple more. If you could have got somebody to weigh in with another, maybe 10, 12 goals. Like Ben's a highest <clears throat> goal scorer with fourteen. Um, there's nobody else has scored over ten. I don't think uh, other mm-hmm. than Ben. So you know, so the goals haven't been there. Um, if you could have managed to you know turn a few of those draws into into victories, you've been right on the heels of Lumfield. You're only four points behind them as it is, but Overall, having said all that, given what happened in the first, what, eight, ten games of the season, 
and where you finished up, you, as Barry said, you'd have broken her arm off for it because yeah. it did look as if we were cut adrift. And probably like that poor Glenn Torn as well. Glenn Torn had a had had a terrible start. Um, I'm sure if you take the the points tally from ten games onwards, I'm sure Glenn Torn's top of the league. Um, because the points tally they've picked up has been has been fierce over well, probably since October onwards. Um, so you know there's challenges from all over, but for Corian to to make that just that final step as Aaron said and be and be really a, a, a massive force, one that everyone's scared of. They they already are scared of Corian, but that killer striker or the, or you know or those one or two other players are going to weigh in with your ten or twelve goals a season plus a a twenty five goal. A season man um, is is the key to it all, in my opinion. Well, what, what would they not do? Or what would they not do for a, a Rory Patterson in his prime? Yeah. Rory Patterson that you had, and you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's even you know when I was talking to my dad earlier, and you know he was he was saying about the goals and the game and all the rest and chances that you had. That even you take a Curtis Allen from five or six years ago, um, mm-hmm. or a, you know, or a Darren Boyce who, who always went in with fifteen. 15, 16, 17 goals a season. There was Stephen Carson playing the wing who, who weighed in with a dozen nearly every season along with the Rory Patterson. Now, I'm not saying you blend all those players together but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's up to, it's up to, you know, you know, as, as Cahar Freel who's, who's come and going to weigh in with those goals that, that gets you an extra few points next year. Is, is young Matthew going to really step up to it and start knocking in 10 or 12 goals? Mm-hmm. Is Ben going to continue to score a few more as well? You know, the signs are good but it's just, you know, the defensive qualities are there for everyone to see. Now can you add on that attacking threat? That's, uh, that's, that's going to be that real key to all for next season. I think that's a, a valid point, Barry, isn't it? I mean, I think we've been praising the, the Korean defence all year. And certainly from speaking to the guys every week, we wouldn't swap the back five of Korean for, for any other team. Um, and even last night, for example... Uh, David mentioned a couple of names weren't even playing Garth Dean was out injured Stephen O'Donnell was injured Aaron Trainer was injured they're all standing watching it but Bourne never complains about the injuries he just gets on with it and players come in and have done a great job I'm thinking of Marty Gallagher has come in and Nets done a great job Howard Beverly two starts this season and those two games yielded six points and that's something to build on for, for looking ahead to next season Barry isn't it? 100%. And I mean, Garth McConaughey as well, obviously, you know, um, That's right. uh, is, is obviously in the mix. I mean, and I think Marty Gallagher has been, been incredible coming in. I mean, to sit on the bench most of the season and do what he's done is, is absolutely brilliant. But I, I, I agree, you build from the back 100%, but you still need goals. And, and the thing with Curtis Allen, I mean, Curtis scored a good goal. I said it was two, maybe more he could have had. But to be fair to him, he puts himself into positions that some of the other strikers maybe don't. Um, so you know, it's, it's you kind of got to balance any kind of criticism or disappointment. I think it's Shevlin injured. I, I didn't realize when he wasn't on the panel. I think, um, I think it was probably because is he, he, he must pardon. Yeah. I, I think I heard someone saying last night he had a bit of a knee injury. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he's coming on leaps and bounds. I mean, and he just runs and he's got pace, he never stops moving. I think Nixon, um, I think next season is going to be a better player with a pre season behind him and a bit of experience. Um, you know, Freed obviously with a lot of hopes on him. I mean, what would you give for Andy Waterworth? Um, I mean, I mean <laughs> you guys are closer to it than me, but I mean, you know, the rumor is going to Glenavon. I'm sure Gary Hamilton's got his got his claws into him, but mm-hmm. you put him into the mix. I tell you what, you wouldn't be far away. That's a that's a good shout, Aaron, isn't it? I mean, Andrew Waterworth. I mean, 
he was there last night after the, the game and he was waiting to get the shower and stuff. And David Healy was standing chatting and Andy Waterworth was half joking, like, you know, oh, Healy's he's getting rid of me kind of thing, you know. But, I mean, the shape that Andy Waterworth is in, Healy was bigging him up. But, um, Aaron, you spoke to, to Oren afterwards. I mean, what was his what was his thinking? Was he philosophical or how did he take it? Um, look, he was obviously disappointed. Um, Johnny and I had a good chat with him last the match. And, you know, the, the good thing about Oren is he calls a spade a spade. Um, he, he said, similar to what Barry said there, you know, Curtis got himself in great positions. He basically said, you know, the head, his head is still there. Maybe his legs just quite aren't, quite aren't what they used to be. But that's to be expected. I thought Curtis was phenomenal myself last night. Um, definitely rolled back the years with that performance. And, you know, he gets some criticism from fans at times, I think. But I believe that, you know, there's a, still a brilliant player in there and an, an absolutely talented goal scorer. Goal scorer. So, who knows what he would even be like with a good pre-season behind him. You know, it's we don't know. And his record in the Irish League speaks for itself. And maybe Orn might look to within to maybe bring on um, the talent that he has there and maybe get them a little bit fitter. Because you have to remember that playing games Tuesday and Saturday, well, it's all well and good. And the old saying goes, you would rather play a match as, as train. But as a lot of the players have said, when they did get a chance to to train in the middle of a heavy schedule, it, it worked out better for them. So you hope that after Lauren on Saturday, they get a good break and get back at it for the European games that are coming mm. up. And I think, as I mentioned at the top of the show as well, this season is like no other. And next year, there won't be that relentless Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So that will <clears> give the players that sort of happy balance between training and resting. And we might see, you know, get the best out of the players. But um, I think... Uh, well, actually, we'll hear from Oren now, just hear what he's reflecting on the, on the change of fortune from where the club were in December until where they finished the season. I can only credit the players because, you know, my what I say and what I go on about hasn't changed all season long and it hasn't changed from the season before either. And, and you're banging out the same messages and the same everything else. And there probably was a little bit of a, a big hangover from Europe in relation to we went a lot further than we've normally went. We we probably struggled with the come down of that more than anything else. And it took eight, nine, ten games to get that out of the system. But when we did, to be fair to the players, we went on a, on a monster of a run um, and really showed the qualities that we have. And, and it's, it's only them and them only that have got us back into this position and, and, and with a game to go, nailed Europe and to where well, we still have a bit of work to do on Saturday to try and, to try and now get second. Yeah, guys, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tremendous thing. But, uh, David, I, I just read a comment the other day there from a, from a supporter and funnily enough, they were <clears throat> likening the current team to the one managed by your uncle Jim back in the day. And when I looked at it, there are certain similarities and... Um, Jim's team finished runners-up to Linfield in the league three times in the mid-80s. And the current Korean team have finished runners-up to Linfield twice now, uh, last year and this year, and once to Crusaders. And, um, you know, is that a bit of a worry, David, that Korean have only won the league once and always seem to be the bridesmaid, not the bride? Yes, it's obviously been a Korean farm myself team. You know, a bit like Barry, I'd like to think that they... That they that he won it in my lifetime again. Um, but to, to wrestle that championship away from Linfield, the Glen Torn, um, you know, because of the because of the nature of, of football budgeting, 
constraints. Um, you know, even like so Lauren coming, you know, going to be full time now as well. Um, it's going to be very difficult to do. Um, but you know, to even be up there this season again, to be up there challenging. If you even if you even look back um, this season as well, and even think about the injuries that you know the Korean have had this season, there's been there've been players out for long term um, injuries. Um, you know, four, five, six weeks at a time, and probably five or six of the players as well. So it's a difficult one. But, you know, going back to your original question there in the 80s, I, I remember that team. Um, uh, it's very hard for me to say the teams, you know, from uh, I, that's a team I grew up with, that people I put on a, on a pedestal, the Healy's, the McCoy's, the Wade's. Um, you know, you get back, you know, there's Tabs, Ronnie McDowell's, Desi Edgar, people like that playing it. Those guys are, are heroes in my head. Um, I've watched them play against Liverpool in the showgrounds and roll them over constantly. Um, but they never got that final stage either. I don't know if it's a mental thing. If you get over the line once again, would you do it a couple of times? I think that's probably, um, you know, uh, what Oren would probably say. You know, winning the Irish Cup was a sort of monkey off their back a few years ago. If they just could get that final stage now, that, that might see... Um, you know, you replicate it for a few years to come, but it's a big ask. Um, and there are similarities for sure between the eighties and and now. But um, you know that 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 full time football is going to be a big thing for everyone coming in the next few years. Yeah, I mean Barry, you probably remember that team in the eighties as well. But I mean, would you worry that with every passing year, as David alluded to, every passing year, the other teams get more investment that it even becomes even more difficult to win the league and that perhaps sometimes you think you've maybe missed the boat. Yeah, you've, you've got to obviously financially. That's why the European money is obviously so vital and, and you, you you do sort of, you know, a benefactor wouldn't go amiss if somebody wanted to throw a few quid <laughs> at the club. It would be quite a good thing to do. But um, I, I think it just, again, it comes back to the, the credit they deserve for what they've done this year, you know, because Lauren are full-time. Crusaders pretty much are full-time. Um, Linfield, I mean, to be fair to Linfield, they're not a full-time club, but obviously they're operating like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. having that European money, who knows if they could get through a couple of rounds, um, you know, a bit more money, they'll stay in the mix. And also, you know, the point was made earlier about, about the, how young the defence is. You know, that team's not going anywhere. Um, get a couple more players in. You know, they've got a shot at it, you know. Um, and, you know, go back to, like, the 80s. I mean, I, we, we did come close several times, but again, I suppose it's this... When it comes to winning the league, I'm definitely a glass, you know, half empty person. I, I will believe it when I see it. You know, it's like when they buy a lottery ticket, I don't expect to win. Um, but, you know, we won trophies, you know, back in the 80s. I mean, you know, we, we did win trophies. We did. You know, I, I remember, like, you know, um, 85, um, when they won the Ulster Cup. It was the first time I ever saw Corey won a trophy. And it was at Windsor Park, first time I've been to Windsor Park. And um, they, there was no, none of them after full time. And then Corey beat them, beat Corey down 5 0. And an extra time, and he scored four, and it was some big days. Right. And, yeah, and it's a great picture of, of that that team in the, in the Social Club. I always have a wee look up when I'm in. Um, so you know, can be done. I, I I've I've a lot of hope. I think I think the Kearney aspect, you know, is is, is huge, isn't it? Um, because when think you, so. Yeah, when you, when you hear the players, and there's no 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 um, criticism of Roderick McRae, but when you hear the players talk, it's it's a bit like. Um, I mean, you as a Leeds fan, you'll get this about Belsa and about the, you know, the, the players at Leeds United talk about how he's improved their lives, never mind their, their performances. Yeah. 
And you seem to get that from the Korean players who say, you know, better than me. Um, he's, he's a proper, you know, and you heard Brad Lyons, obviously, a few weeks ago talking about all this. He's really impacted their lives in a really positive way. And when you've got someone like that at the helm, you've, 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 you've got a shot. There's, there's, That's there's, very true. And Aaron, you're probably too young to remember the 80s, but I mean, do we get some uh, optimism or encouragement, the fact that uh, Linfield, it's, it's widely known, are going to be let, are losing a number of players this year? I think we, we mentioned uh, their defence, so you're looking at uh, Mark Stafford and Mark Hockey. Andrew Waterworth, Barry, you mentioned is leaving. Uh, Shane Lavery looks like he's going back to England. Joel Cooper maybe going back to England. Given that turnover of players, Aaron, at Windsor Park, does that give other teams and the likes of Korean a little bit of encouragement looking ahead even to next season? I would say so, yeah. Um, Linfield look as if they're certainly going to be a team in transition um, over the summer with the amount of bodies going out. Um, as I said to you earlier when we were chatting on the phone, um, Three of the back four that played last night won't be at the club next season, which, you know, we talked earlier on the show about building from the back. Well, that's a lot of change to a, a defence. And we all know the type of warriors that Mark Hockey and Mark Stafford and Jimmy Callagher leaves. We know what them players are like. They are just physical um, guys that will run through brick walls for you. So it's potentially a shot in the arm for the teams around. But at the end of the day... It's not going to be a, a gimme because we all know what Linfield's capabilities are in terms of transfers. You just have to look what they did last year. They signed Chris Johns from Coleraine, Navid Naziri came in from Glenthorne and Connor Pepper. So they can just go to the clubs around them and pluck the best talent there. Not to mention when you look at the Sunday, uh, Sunday Life last week, they're linked with Chris Shields from Dundalk, who's captained them throughout their whole, you know, successful tenure in Europe and winning league titles so that's what Linfield can do so I'm sure that they will be have players already lined up to come in there mm, The fact that they are on a hunt for players and the fact that Barry said the Korean are Linfield's nearest challengers or greatest challengers would that be a worry from a Korean point of view that the likes of Linfield could come sniffing around Korean players potentially? We all know that um, David Healy has been a massive admirer of Lyndon Keynes for years. Um, I'm sure there would be plenty of interest in the likes of an Aaron Canning, a Stephen O'Donnell, you know. But there's plenty of players that we have that would more or less slot in the Olympic team, you know, they're, they're good enough to play for them, in, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, um, the big draw for us is our manager. You know, Oren is... Um, massive in terms of keeping players at the club and attracting players to the club. You just have to look at, you know, our European record last season. and That doesn't go unnoticed and his reputation carries him massively in terms of like what other players and other managers think of him. And for me, whilst he's in charge, I believe that the players we have will be staying put unless they're given massive money that is you know, just you just can't turn it down. That would be the only way I see players mm. in the immediate future. Mm, I hope that, that you know that the, the core of the team that Warren has built up, you know, remains, and, and there's no reason why you think it wouldn't. But I mean, David Healy, the Linfield manager, he actually after the game last night, we were 
talking to him and he accepted that there will be a, a period of transition up there and he also admitted to this year's league title win being arguably the sweetest of all, particularly for him and what happened last year. We, we, we cast our mind back with COVID, interrupted last year and Linfield were awarded the league title and there was a lot of criticism at the time of Linfield getting handed the trophy for one of a better word and uh, Healy was quite quick last night to say that winning that this year was uh, was particularly sweet and he was humble in victory too and he also paid tribute to Corian and to their supporters as we can hear now you know, It would have been nice if there had been yeah. 14, 1500 blue men or whatever else, especially a night like tonight um, but the welcome you know, Corian, I, I have huge respect for Corian I've been up here numerous times for the World Cup of I opened the Milk Cup here a few years ago and I've always sort of been in and around anybody that's been from Corey and had a good relationship with. I know the fans would give me a wee bit of, wee bit of stick at the end, which is it's, it's fine. Um, you know, we, 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 we take it and we move on. And football without fans at times can be, can be dull. Yeah, so with David Healy there just bigging up the Korean fans and, and as I said earlier it, they, they really made a difference last night in terms of atmosphere and um, it was also a noteworthy night insofar as it was the final competitive game to be played on the grass at the showgrounds before they, the much vaunted 4G is laid down in the summer and uh, David I, I told you as a former player I mean was there a difference there? I mean, without wanting to sound like a, a corny line from Only Fools and Horses, I mean, which do you prefer, grass or uh, AstroTurf? <laughs> uh, my days of playing are long gone, Damien, so uh, you can ask me any you know, other question now as a, as a coach, a coach of football. Mm. Coach of football has to be, it has to be 4G, to be honest. Um, mm. it, that's, it's, it's great for, you know, obviously, the climate we live in here, it's never going to be called off other than uh, if, it, if it's minus five or six and it f- freezes over. Um, but as a player, probably, always say grass. Um, mm. But again, the climate we live in and the, being a, kind of like a part-time league as well, probably the only pitches that really hold up are harsh winters are the ones that have full-time maintenance people on them. And that's probably... Windsor Park. Um, I see Port Down have invested a bit of money in their pitch lately as well, but the rest of them take a bit of a battering, to be honest. And probably the model going forward, even financial model going forward as well, is 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 four G for all the clubs because then you can utilise, um, uh, you know, the the use structure within your teams to make sure that the pitch is is used as often as possible and the money is coming back into the club itself, um, mm-hmm. which can only which can only benefit the, you know the club in the long run because. Even like of us in the US or ourselves, we're we're pumping up, you know, pumping out tens of thousands of pounds a year on other other um, facilities throughout the borough, um, just to train on. That's so, a, it's a um, lot of money, yeah. It's, it's, it's an awful lot of money. Season. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're you're not going to get the sole use of the pitch, but if you can put a, a, a little bit of that back into your own club, um, it, it can only be good uh, in the long run. All right, what about you? You a tradi- traditionalist or are you happy to embrace a, a bit of change? I mean, in an ideal world, I mean, the Showgrounds game when I was growing up was, was one of the best pitches in the league. Um, but I mean, there's a drainage issue. I remember I was talking to somebody about this recently and it's, it's, not, it's not the fault of the club, certainly not the fault of the groundsman. It, it, the, and Colin McHenry spoke very well about this whenever he talked about whenever the 4G pitch was, was confirmed. Um, so it is what it is. I mean, you know, first of all, I mean, Corian actually 
have played very, very well on 40 pitches this year, obviously. The nature the, the, the kind of play that they have suits it. Um, but my local club, just about a mile up the road from here, they, they play National League North, Geisley, and um, they have a grass pitch they, they play on, but they've got a big 4G surface outside. And their academy, um, the biggest, strong academy there, a lot of players, they go through Geisley and the Leeds United, and they use it all the time. They've got lights on it, and... It is, it is this community hub that I know that Corey and are looking to try and, try and achieve. Um, so from that point of view, it, it makes absolute sense. And again, as Colin McHenry said, I saw the, saw the interview, you know, it, it, to go to the university to train as often as they do, at the end of the day, their home is the showgrounds. Um, and, you know, it, it, just, it just ticks every box. And again, thanks to the European money, it's, this is the moment. And it's a credit to the club for saying, you know, I remember Oren saying this in an interview a few months ago and they were asking about the, the European money. He said that money's set aside for something. He didn't confirm what it was for at the time, but we know what it is now. And that's that's great credit to the to the to the club and to the directors for, for actually taking the opportunity with the Sarah and you know, a couple of years maybe the money's not there. Yeah, Aaron, that, that's something that from our conversations with Oren down the years, he's been adamant that he's been after a 4G pitch for quite some time now and uh, he's finally going to get get his wish. And uh, any merit, Aaron, do you think, in, in breaking, or breaking up the pitch and selling it off? Would you buy a piece yourself, would you? I don't know, do you? I, I like to look after the pounds. But, uh, <laughs> I heard that. Uh, I'm shocked. Look, here. Who wouldn't love a piece of the showgrounds in their, in their backyard? You know, any fan worth their salt will... You know, it's history at the end of the day. And um, the pitches came under some scrutiny across the league this season. Um, but at the end of the day, next year we'll have the best playing surface in, in the league, which means, you know, we have no, there's no excuses anymore for teams. If they come and take a walloping from us, well, it's because they're not good enough. They can't blame the pitch anymore. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how the whole development takes place. I know there's, de- there's plans in place um, by the club to sort of capture the moment through trail cam footage and things like that. Um, that'll be exciting. The fans will love to see that. I know Lauren did it a few years ago when they were laying their pitch. So there's a lot happening and it's exciting times at the Ballycastle Road. Mm, just one thing on that, Aaron. I was talking to somebody yesterday and uh, involved in, in, in the camp. And they were sort of saying that, yes, maybe the 4G pitch is a great idea and the transformation of the showgrounds and that, great. But then he said that perhaps by doing that, that the showgrounds lose a little bit of that fear factor. Teams don't like coming to the showgrounds, but if you put in a 4G pitch and up, update the ground and stuff, do you run the risk of it not being the, the hostile venue that we all know? Potentially, but... And the other side of that coin is, you know, you just have to speak to your own players. Um, would they rather play in 4G pitch or would they rather play in the pitch that's there? They're going to choose 4G every day of the week. That means that, you know, if, if players are happy, you would expect their best football to shine through. So, you know, for me, um, our best performance of the year that I watched was when we defeated Lauren at Inver Park um, around about Christmas time, I think it was. Um, we were absolutely phenomenal that night and <clears throat> I think it's definitely something that we can replicate week in, week out if we get everyone fit and um, we, we can play football on, on a good surface. You know, sometimes the pitch hampers our style a little bit um, in terms of keeping the ball, you know, through, through the lines and stuff like that. So you just hope that next season 
um, we hit the ground running on the new surface and there will be a real buzz about the place too. There will. And uh, just as you mentioned, Lauren uh, playing well there in December. It just so happens that Korean's final game this Saturday is at Larne and Inver Park. Um, 5.30pm kickoff along with all the Irish League games this weekend. Uh, that's because the BBC are showing live from Solitude where Linfield will be presented with a trophy. But um, Larne lost to Glentorn, I see, on Tuesday and that was just days after losing to Linfield in the Cup final. So, uh, David, Larne obviously going into the game a little bit off, uh, off, uh, off colour. How important is it for Korean to go there and win and to, to secure second place? Because obviously Glentorn could still put them for second. Yeah, it's very important, Damien, to be honest. Um, you know, just just to touch on the point that Aaron made there, uh, you know, with the ground, first of all, that, that you know, it's it's a it's all of a sudden going to become a hub where, you know, the players are at the ground all the time. They're able to, you know, with the sidelines of the injured and see a physio as well as watch people training. I think it's just going to be a, a win-win situation for having the pitch and having that hub and having um, that that um, real identity with the club as opposed to going to the university a couple of nights a week. Um, so that's a that's a positive for me. But getting back to Lauren, um, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren itself, difficult game. Want to secure second spot for sure. Um, you know, I'm not sure what way it works in with with uh, the draw uh, for Europe. I know it's the eighth and fifteenth. Are you in a different pot if you finish second as opposed to, to third um, and even psychologically as well after the season that we've had that you can you know that you can you know after all injuries that you've had you say you've used your squad you're able to finish above playing torn you're hot in the heels of Linfield it just adds a there's a little bit of spice in that game on Saturday again and there's been a few ding-dong battles with Lauren over the years obviously um, very recently in the Irish Cups and that even at the start of the season, when Lauren comes down to play Korean, Lauren, Lauren probably is as as good a game as I've seen Lauren play all season. Actually, the the day they beat Korean two 0 whereas Korean had the better of them in the next two games because they changed their shape and their and their formation and to adapt that um, more counter attack football where where it kind of stifles Lauren's <laughs> Lauren's footballing game. So massive game for both teams. Still a lot to play for. Second spot even for a few pounds um, from your league position as well, and uh, go out on a high, um, set you up really nicely for next season. Learn, learn would have a couple of disappointments in a couple of days, so it's about, you know, it's about capitalising that as well, because I do think they'll rest a few players with an eye on the playoffs um, uh, in, a, in a few days' time. So, yeah, it'd be good to get a victory. Mm, uh, it should, Barry, it's probably just as well if the league has been won. I mean, you can imagine if it was come down to the final day and... Lauren were hosting Korean. There'd be some, regardless of the COVID and the lockdown precautions, there'd be some crowd of boys going up from Korean up around that coast road, wouldn't there? No, I'd, I'd have to watch it from behind my garage here. I don't think I could, I could cast an eye on it. Um, the, um, no, I did up on the Saturday. I mean, I, I, I want, this sounds a bit cheesy, but I want the, the players to want it for themselves because, you know, in all the games I've seen this year, there was a one game out of all others that I thought Korean were outclassed when they lost to Lauren at home. And that was really worrying. Um, they just they just didn't fire that day. I mean, McDade was was great, you know, the, the way. And, and that was the, the same day that the the Lauren chairman criticised the pitch. And it was just a dark night. That there was a there was a there was a lot of bad blood around. And I, you know, I actually it's not me like me, but I I unfailed a couple of Lauren fans on Facebook. I was so pissed off. Uh, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, that's a, that's really childish, but I was so annoying. Um, 
But, um, you know, to, to go out and do a job on them on, on Saturday and send themselves off for a bit of a rest would, would, be a, would be a hell of a result for them. And, you know, obviously good for a few quid for, for, for the club, but it would, be a nice, it would be a nice way to end it. And funny, I'm supposed to be going camping with a family to Scarborough on Saturday, but I'm sending everybody else ahead of me and I'm going on something because I'm scared the wife time it'll be good so who wants the game on Saturday night? Very good. You don't <laughs> How want to miss sad it. is that? <laughs> That's what happens, isn't it? it gets but it is, it gets... you know, but then equally I'll be here and if they lose it'll be even worse. <laughs> you'll, not, you'll not be going camping, you'll, you'll give it a high no. ball. Like, um, and Aaron, uh, I mean, uh, Barry was intimating there, it would be nice to put one over on Laird, wouldn't it? I mean, uh, for them, it's all about the playoffs now, isn't it? And you know they can't go any any different. can't go any higher, any lower. So, but still, it would be nice just to, to go up there and, and just to just finish the season on a high. Definitely. Um, and as you said there, you would you know Tiernan Lynch is any sort of a manager. He'll definitely be resting on Saturday, you would think. But in the same stretch, I wouldn't be surprised if they went full strength. But um, as Barry said, um, it's all about the players and, you know, they deserve to finish second in the league, in my opinion, after the summer they had last year to come through what they did emotionally around the Christmas period, the stick they got, you know, they're only human at the end of the day and to turn that round the way they have is phenomenal. So for me, um, with bias aside, um, Corian deserved to finish second and I know Glen Torn, their fuse would probably will probably be different if they finish second, but you know, you always want to get one over on the, the Belfast clubs as I've talked about it before and where the filling in that sandwich at the meantime and that won't go down too well around the league. So long may it continue. Yeah, no, I think I think what you are all saying is, is perfectly correct in my opinion as well, is that Korean over the course of the season, over the course of what they have done and what they brought to the league, etc., etc. I think they deserve second place on the merit because they've worked so so hard to get there. Um, they've hauled themselves up by the bootstraps from where they were around December time when they lost four in a row. Um, and psychologically, you just like to finish second as opposed to third. You know, I mean, there's not much in it, obviously, but just to be able to say that you finished above the likes of Glentorn and Crusaders and Cliftonville and Larn. It's something that you can you can end the season with and take it with you into next year. And on the same day, I mean, the other games, I'm just looking here, Glen Torn, uh, home to Crusaders. Uh, I mean, Glen Torn with a win, I think, can, can put Corey in. How do we see that one going, guys? I mean, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Crusaders probably, again, one of those teams with an eye on the playoffs. Uh, David, w- would you say that would be right? Yeah, I think I think we'll have an eye in the playoffs, Damien, for sure. But again, you know, if Glenn Torn, um Glenn Torn will want to finish second. So I I you know, again, you know, will Stephen Baxter rotate his squad as well with an eye um to making sure that players are fit and raring to go the week after. And I'm not saying give Glenn Torn a free one because at the same time it's a it's a Belfast Derby. Um, you know, and they'll 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 both be going out to win the game. Um I, I I just see nothing else than that Glen Torn victory there to be to be fair. Um which means Korean are gonna to have to win um uh at ho uh away to Lauren as well. So um it's a it's a it's gonna be another big weekend of football, which is great because it's you know it's right down to the very wire. Uh, even though we've secured Europe, they'll still be looking to finish second. 
You will, and I mean, I suppose, Aaron, knowing what you have to do, it was the same against Linfield on Tuesday. If you know what you have to do and go and win a game, it, help, it helps focus the mind, doesn't it? I mean, there's no, oh, we'll play for, for a draw. You, you know you want, you need the three points and, and there's no, no other way around it. That's exactly it. And I think that's actually suited us the past couple of weeks because we've had a bit of a break and then it's a big game, but a wee bit of a break and then a big game. Yes, we've had two games in a week here, but you know, it's the final day of the season. There's second place on the line here. Um, if you need any encouragement to get up for that type of a game, well, then you may jag it in. But um, I don't think that comes into it as far as we're concerned. You know, the squad of players we have, we all know what they're capable of and the preparations that they all put in. So, um, Corian will go with Denver Park on Saturday in the best possible position. And, um, you know, whatever team goes right onto the pitch, you know that they'll be giving their all for the shirt. And I suppose, Barry, I'm just looking at the other games, and, and obviously Cliffville and Linfield, that's, that's probably, there's not much really to say about that, but I'm looking, the, the real interest probably lies further down the table. Um, Ballymena, I see, are home to Portadown, and Glenavon are home to Jungannon. And it's all about the all-important, I think, seventh place in the playoff. And I think a point would be enough for Gary Hamilton's side to make the playoffs at the expense of Ballymena. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a big weekend for those two teams, isn't it? Those two clubs. Oh, hugely. But you, you, you got to fancy to have. And I mean, I think Gary Hamilton doing a heck of a job there. I mean, I remember whenever um, Rodney McRae left the club, there was there was a lot of chat about Gary Hamilton. He, does, he just seems to do things the right way. And I mean, he gets some of these players from Linfield, a lot of it's down to him. Um, so you, you, you've got to fancy him. You've got to fancy him. Just, just looking at the, at the list of games too, just thinking about, you know, we're, we're a bit disappointed from last night, but I wouldn't fancy being a Larn or a Crusaders fan at the minute. You know, they, they've had a bad week in a bit. Um, and one of them's going to come away with nothing, maybe both of them. That's, that's stress, you know. And, you know we, we need the money because we want, we want to grow. They kind of seem to need the money to, well, particularly Crusaders, to, to kind of keep it at the level they're at. Um, that's so, a big so, difference. It is a big difference. And, um, you know, Crusaders lost a lot of, lot of friends after the way. But, I mean, in other words, they had a particularly difficult day. <laughs> I get that, but there's, there's a way to lose. But there's a lot of pressure on them. So we can go and enjoy ourselves, I would think, on, on Saturday. And I have every hope that they will be. I think so. And then, of course, the important thing from a Korean point of view is that after the weekend, they get a good break. They're not involved in the playoffs. Thank speed of God. That was the last place we all wanted to be this <laughs> exactly. season. So we've got that out of the road and they get a good break I think that the European draw I think uh, June the 15th I think it is and they're going to discover their fate then and the first leg is in July the 8th and the second leg I think is in July the 15th and um, I know it's probably a little bit away but wouldn't it be lovely just to see if uh, fans were allowed into into the European games I mean Aaron I'm looking back you were fortunate enough last year to travel and in Europe with the, the team and the squad. Obviously, no spectators were allowed last year. But I'm thinking back to Maribor, that famous night in Slovenia. And could you imagine if that ground had been packed that night, just what that would have been like? And I know spoke to some of the players and they said that they would have loved to have had a full house just to have experienced that. I mean, wouldn't it be great if fans could go into Europe this year? It would, Damien. It would be brilliant to see you know, I remember going for a walk down in through the, the town centre in Maribor, you know, and even then, pubs were open over there, so we were able to nip in for a cheeky pint, you know. But it would have been nice to... It would have been be nice, rude not to, wouldn't it? Well, that's it, but it would have been nice 
to just have seen a lot of Korean fans there, you know what I mean? And um, that's one thing that we're renowned for is our support. No matter where we go, we we travel in numbers. So would that not be the perfect way to sort of say goodbye to an awful year in terms of spectating and sporting events by a wee away trip to somewhere in the continent for the supporters? And it would be a, you know, a real shot in the arm to the players as well. They, they play better when the fans are in. And getting back to the point of the Maribor game last year, I think it's a double-edged sword, that one, because would we have got the same... You know, if, if it was a full house there, it would have been intimidating. I know that there was a, there was a few of their supporters that actually did make it into the ground and they were had fireworks and flares and like it would have been hostile enough. And you just wonder, would we have had the same outcome? I think it probably should have us to play in an empty stadium because, you know, and anyway, I think there would have been probably around 18,000 or something like that. And we've never, we've never played in front of crowds like that. So I think that worked in our favour and not the star of the supporters of a an opportunity that they would have loved, but you know, from a selfish aspect and thinking of the club first, I think it worked out in our favour. No, I I would agree with that. I mean, going and playing in front of a hostile Slovenian crowd like that is completely different than going playing in an empty stadium. But the flip side of that as well is then the Motherwell game at home at the showgrounds. There was no fans. Now, you say you had a full house there and the railway impact when it came to the crunch that could have been a little bit of difference that maybe got Korean over the line that night, Art. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's the double-edged sword we're, we're talking about. Would it not have been great if we could just have not had any fans in Maribor and then got them on for Motherwell? But <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> asking about much. Um, <laughs> let's hope that, you know, the games aren't that far away when you think about it. Uh, what, no. Six, seven no. weeks away, probably. Mm-hmm. So, if, there, if all the testing and stuff comes back and there's not a spike in the numbers and things, I don't see any reason why not. Look, last night, no. you know, there was, what, 500 fans in the show grounds. You could have probably put the same again in and still had plenty of room, you know. They were spread out all throughout the stadium. Yeah. So I, I honestly i am hopeful that come July time, things should be back to normal, I hope. And, and, and David, did you, you must have had experience of, of playing in Europe as a, as a player. No, Damien, I didn't actually. Um, Did you not? Derry, no, Derry City, we actually, we actually won the league cup at Derry City, but it mm. didn't qualify for Europe in the side. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, didn't get a chance to play in Europe. Uh, sorry, play football in Europe. I played plenty of hands of cards with the boys in Europe. I think they got there. <laughs> I never played football in Europe. No, and Barry, did you ever get to any of the, the Korean European games? I mean, yeah, yeah, and there was quite a few in the, in the mid eighties. I mean, obviously, you would mention the Spurs game. We all remember that. Um, but I remember I, I was scribbled these down. Actually, Sparta Rotterdam. I remember that one because um, I was I went to Ince by that stage, and um, so I, I only got to the ground by half time. And you know, normally the showgrounds um, they would open the gates at half time, but they wouldn't. So I had to give the the door the run the ground from my pocket money to get in. That's true. <laughs> it cost me a fiver to get in. Look uh, me. I know that's true. I think that was one one. Looking with the blanks the year after, I remember that really well. Um, Ricky Wade scored a goal, and I remember they were a huge, huge team. We were a wee team, and they were a huge team. Got another draw. Style Brandenburg, but the one that I'm sure you remember was Dundee United. Was was because do you remember that was the, the night we put the lights on for the first time? That was a, yeah, the floodlights. Yeah, 
I remember there was the, the Thursday night training before the game on the Saturday. Nothing that's not true. Sorry, the, the game was on the, the must have been the Wednesday, whatever day it was. Could the day midweek. Night or night or two, it was midweek. Sorry, it was the night or two before whatever it was, and they had the lights on. It must have been the previous Thursday for the training session. That's what it was. And there was a big crowd at the showgrounds. The first time they, they trained on their lights, and the the Jack Doherty stand was was a lot of people on it, and it was like, do you know what it's like whenever there's like a, an eclipse? And there's all these people standing around the streets looking up in the sky. It was a bit like that. Look at these lights. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about that, my father went, I, I didn't go, but my, it was a big Korean support went to Dundee for that. A lot of people had a, had a very happy time, but my dad was with Raymond Curtin, so you know Raymond. Mm-hmm. And a couple of other people, and Jim McLean was the famous manager Dundee United at that time, and um, somebody knew somebody, and they ended up in the boardroom and had a glass of whiskey with with, with, uh, with, with, the, with the board, you know, which is, they looked after the club really well. So those are the sort of things that you dream of, you know. And I remember like Dermot Doherty, I'm sure, you know, Dermot played that night. And yeah. Michael O'Neill played that night. And Michael got the move and Dermot, Dermot was close to it. It just didn't quite work out for him, you know, it could have been different for him. But, I mean, th- those are the memories, David. You know, like your yeah. uncle and that was obviously the 80s. That's a lot of the <laughs> games that we're referring to there. I mean, those are the ultimate, really, for, for players and supporters, aren't they? You know, home games in Europe and then... Just the thrill of going away to some place in Europe maybe you've never heard of or never had a chance to go to before. And the memories and the stories from those games are the stuff that sustain clubs, aren't they? Yeah, like, yeah there's, there's us still. I can, I can clearly, all those games probably mentioned, I, I was at them all as well, way back 30-odd years ago. I remember getting out of primary school early to watch two of those games. Um, and I was at the Dundee United game as well. And, and just like just like Barry says there, you know, I'll always remember it for the first. In fact, I said said to somebody the other day that was the first night the lights were turned on. Again, that's you know things that got stick in your head. But those games are special, and they'll be taught them about for years. As we talked yeah. about the Spurs game earlier as well, and I was lucky enough to be in the ground this year for the two European games. And to be honest, I'll probably talk about those two in years to come as well because Korean gave a really good account of counting himself against Mullerwell went to penalties. You know. For a kick of a ball for Trevor Carson saving a few penalties, Korean were in the next round of that, which would have been astonishing. Um, from from you know a part-time club getting through potentially three rounds of that competition, so those are memories that we'll have in ten or twelve years' time that will be talked about in the same light that we're talking about these ones from the eighties as well. So it it just you know I have a few mates who would have who would have given their right arm and leg probably to have been in Maribor um this year and would have. Would have, you know, travelled to. They'd have probably cycled there if they had a chance of getting a ticket for it. Um, you know that that's the true. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I actually know a boy that does cycle with one leg. Boy, actually, do does. <laughs> so do. But but those but those those are the games that that you remember. I mean, I I was lucky enough uh, to get to a couple of European games, and, and one was in Portugal, and one was in Sweden, Gothenburg, and. Korean playing in the, in the stadium where the Northern Ireland had played in the 1958 yeah. World Cup and stuff. And, you know, things they got, memories they got will never leave you. And just the fact that you're able to, to go and work in a stadium that's so so legendary and at a different level. And things yeah. they got from um, a work point of view. And that's why for players, I suppose we, you know, people think about Europe, about the money, et cetera, et cetera. But for the players, it's not about really the money. It's about those memories that we're talking about. And Arne, you've seen that up close and personal. You you spent time with the guys. And what I think they would say is that for those couple of days, they felt like professional footballers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
it was a bit surreal. Um, Norway, Norway, I didn't really see as much because the hotel layout was quite different. So I was at a different end of the hotel, um, obviously. Then Maribor, the, the, the hotel, the shape of it was like a, just a tall building, tar block. So you seen more of the players and, you know, it was all about, they were well managed. They liked to do their own thing, but rest was important. You know, they weren't allowed to exert themselves too much. You know, a lot of them just spent time in their room and you only really seen them came in when we were getting fed and stuff like that. At the end of the day, they may not be professionals, but they were there to do a job at the end of the day and they certainly did that. Um, and, you know, I, I've vivid memories of we Johnny and I walked down the town the day of the game and there was an NK Maribor um, club shop and we walked in and we were just basically just scouting the place out and the lady behind the hill said um, she said to us um, uh, you know how do you think the game will go and I know this probably won't go down too well but both both of us said to her ah you know you should, we would sort of be fancying Maribor to win the game and little did we know what was going to happen a few hours later which was absolutely mental you know but you just hope that we could do the same again I think there'll be a confidence about Korea now that they they know that they can go and mix it up with big teams and big sides and they'll be definitely hoping to create more memories like that this summer. I think what's important as well is that having done what they did in Europe last year and then Oren has referenced it a few times about the hangover after in the starting of the league I think they'll be you know better prepared this year if and when that happens so um, I mean things have changed a lot I remember as I said to you I was, in Korea, I was away in Sweden with Korean and certainly while the players gave it all on the pitch they certainly gave it all, they're all afterwards <laughs> off the pitch as well and I think things have changed an awful lot <laughs> since then I think we were on a a boat hotel, if memory serves me right, in Gothenburg, and uh, quite quite a night. So things things are a lot different nowadays. They don't maybe uh, have the same social aspect. But um, as I said, ultimately it's it's the reward for the players and the management. And hopefully, let's think the supporters get in this year. And if we do that, we'll uh, we'll have to look at maybe getting a European podcast on the go. What do you think, guys? From, from the venue, yeah, that'd be uh, good. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, could you could you have a word with Simon for us and sort that out? Look, I I'm uh, there's still guarantees. I'll even get the go. So you never know what uh, could yeah. happen in the next few weeks. You go. Oh, what do you know that we don't? No, not not nothing at all. But um, he's dropped the bomb there, didn't he? Ah, uh, has not he? Just uh, just keep your phones on, boys. You never know. Oh, there you are. That's it. We don't know what you're on about, but anyway. Well, here, guys, I think uh, that's about nearly all the time that we have this week. We've got three of a good bit there. Um, I think the only thing that maybe is left to say is just a, a special mention for a couple of young guys who have come through the ranks at the showgrounds there and who are going to have an exciting week or two in front of them. And that's Brad Lyons and Sam McClellan. Brad, uh, he was in the show probably a month or two ago now. Going to be part of the Morkin team or the squad looking to win Bank Holiday Monday's playoff final against Newport County at Wembley, no less. While Sam, he's now at Chelsea and he has just literally today received a call up to the Northern Ireland men's international team by Ian Barraclough. So, a couple of friendlies for them this summer and we wish both Brad and Sam the very best of luck. So, it just remains for me to say a massive thank you to my guests this week. That's Aaron and Ian. Thanks, Aaron, again. 
Thank you, Didn't Dave. let me down, not like Johnny. Johnny's away watching some <laughs> third late European final or something, is he? You know what? I can't believe, too. This is the best part of it, right? Do you see when Manchester United were going bad there for a few seasons? He told me repeatedly, oh, I wouldn't watch Manchester United if they were playing my back garden. Now they get the Europa League final and where they at. You know what I mean? This is, this is the difference. That's the kind of fans that we have to deal with here. Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad this is a Man United free zone here tonight. I mean, um, you're Liverpool. David, Liverpool as well, aren't you? Yeah, of course, Damien. I wish Villarreal all the best for tonight. I hope Johnny's listening. I, Barry, I hope if you, because you're living in Leeds and Yorkshire, I'm hoping that you're a good Leeds fan like myself. No, it's great. It's, it's done a lot for the city because, as you know, it's a, it's a one sort of team city and it's it's given people a hell of a lift. You know, yeah. and people are very proud of what, what, they, what they did. And, um, when I was involved in a, in a thing, a mate of mine did a thing for, you know, there's this issue with a lot of kids have been stuck at home without laptops, doing homework and stuff like that. And um, um, we were, we got local businesses to give us laptops to give them to kids and stuff. And there was a break in at one of the places we're having them. Um, stored and 40 laptops were stolen. So the local the Yorkshire Evening Post got in touch with Leeds United. Leeds United weighed in behind us. Um, and Bam- Patrick Bamford gave us the shirt that he scored his 100th goal. Um, and, and we raised 20,000 in 24 hours. So, um, if what it was, a club. It, absolutely not. Fair play. It's kind of, it means a lot to the city. So, yes, um, I hope you did at least. It does. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're all agreed on that. Come on, Villarreal. Right. Well, here, boys, I think that'll be the end of us for tonight. Uh, thanks to, to Corey McShane for producing, as always. And thanks again to everybody listening out there. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, and listen, you know, we hope that the boys finish the season on a high on Saturday. Um, so until next week, when we will review a bit more detail uh, this season. Take care. And as ever, come on, the Bandsiders. <laughs>